Today, we're talking about the death of an American giant. And how far can your local UPS man kick your package? Let's learn a thing or two. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back. We are here to talk about topics. And Matt, you know, I just want to dive right into the rise and fall of an American giant. Do you, is it a store? It is a store. Is it Walmart? No, it's not Walmart. Oh, another one. Another it's one. another one. Kmart. No, it's another one. Oh, what, what could it be? The original Sears. Oh, the Sears store. Yeah. Today we're talking about the greatest American business of the 20th century and slow decline into obscurity. Because today we are talking about Sears, the dying franchise that was once the provider to all America. That's a great topic. I want to know what Sears means. I want to know why it went out of business. And I, I think I might know why. Well, go ahead. <laughs> let's just dive right into the beginning. Richard Sears, a Minnesota oh, a man. Name. Okay. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, he was, well, he was working at the train station as an agent in 1866, where he began to sell watches on the side, called nice. the R.W. Sears Watch Co. He was the guy that would open his jacket. Want to buy a watch? Yeah, pretty much. Sears started as that tr- guy in the trench coat, showing his pocket wow. for all those gold watches. Exponentially increased the size. So. Big jackets. A watch, he met his future partner in this business, a watch repairman named uh, Alvin Roebuck, and the biggest the business began to grow and he used catalogs to show the different watches he'd sell on the trains. Yeah. Cause since he worked at the train, people would come through the station so often from different places that he'd get new customers. And after selling this first watch business, Sears moved to Chicago in 1892 to establish the second mail order company, renaming it Sears Roebuck and co in 18. 18- 1893 before the 20th century it's it's an old company still 19th century yeah the catalog business offered a much larger inventory and lower prices than ruler ruler rural shoppers who had to go to their local general stores so sears was the cheaper option for them because of just how it worked the warehouse deals stuff didn't need to be shipped to the general store you skipped the middleman of the general store and that was a great thing for these rural counties it was the equivalent of amazon prime back in the day yeah same same idea same exact idea and you know what this was all possible due to the expansion of the american railroad and the rural free delivery act of 1896 which expanded the mail delivery routes to expand more into these rural parts of america this was a time where print media reigned supreme and because of this Sears was able to thrive with its huge catalog and because the catalog itself was an amazing work of product advertising, consumer education, and corporate branding. The title of this catalog was The Book of Bargains, and later it was changed to The Great Deal Maker. The Great Deal Maker. It sounds like a game show. It was, in a sense. You could just flip to a page. It's like the Price is Right code just been done on that catalog because it had literally everything. This book included uh, let's see. The book included watches and jewelry, but included buggies and bicycles, sporting goods, sewing machines. And at one point, Sears was selling houses through their catalog. You could buy a houses. Sears house. It would show up on a train, on like a train pallet, and then you'd just build your house. Sears would send you all the parts labeled, all the instructions. <laughs> Ikea of houses. Wow, that's actually incredible that you could 
ordered parts for a house and like Legos. Yeah, Legos for your house. Our last episode. And what's wild is not only did it just like provide these products, but it also educated millions on millions of shoppers on the mail order procedures, such as shipping, cash cash payments, substitutions, returns. It was a simple and informal language and a warm, welcoming tone. A quote from Sears is, we solicit honest criticism more than orders. The 1908 catalog stated, emphasizing that consumer satisfaction was above all else. Sears taught Americans how to shop. Wow. That was revolutionary. And this this is still even before they opened their first brick-and-mortar department store. Their first brick-and-mortar department store came out in 1925 under the managerial leadership of General Robert E. Wood, who had formerly worked in another mail-order company company called uh, Montgomery Ward. Sears initiated this rapid expansion outside of urban centers and by 1929 on the eve of the Great Depression it operated more than 300 department stores. Wow. So growth continued even during the economic downturn of the Great Depression because Sears Sears wisely championed itself as an aesthetic of the thrift. The chain made its name selling dependable staples such as socks, underwear, sheets, and towels. It sold the bare necessities. Everybody needs it. Everybody wants it cheap. And this they was and this was instead of really fashionable items that came from stores like Marshall's Field in Chicago or the Watermaker Building in Philadelphia. Yeah. So Sears outlets were more spare, catering to the customers who were interested in finding good value that met practical needs. And because of this way. During the Great Depression decade, the number of stores actually doubled while most stores were crumpling under the weight of the Depression. Because they were catering only to specific needs. They were catering to the everyday person. Wow. And not selling, like, fancy products. You went to Sears to buy your bare necessities. Your toothbrush, your towels, all yeah. that stuff, right? Wow. So Sears would continue to thrive this way all the way into the 70s, but that's when our first issue arises. Due to rising inflation, more budget stores like Target, Walmart, Kmart, they start to rise. And this continues all the way up to the present where Walmart has surpassed Sears in 1991 as the nation's largest retailer. And since that point, stores have just been closing left and right with expansion of e-commerce, which I have a feeling that might be a killer. We might, might, yeah. I'm thinking, is Amazon just like sears is something going to make it irrelevant i don't know i don't know it's pretty convenient right now but even in this day and age not even nostalgia can save sears at this point and that's kind of where it comes to today all the sears stores i know are all closed and more and more they went from four thousand stores all the way down to a thousand stores in the past couple decades and like from What's funny, from an architectural standpoint, they used to have the tallest building in the world, the Sears Tower in Chicago, yeah. which is a beautiful building. And, like, it showed their status status as, like, the retailer of America. Like, that's where people went. But nowadays, it's more of an empty husk of what it used to be. Yeah, let's just say it's not the tallest building in the world anymore. No, they're really falling from their graces. And the, the company basically doesn't exist. But the, C- the current CEO who came on in 2003 wants to make something clear that they that Sears story is not a story of like a debt a dying business 
but is the story of i believe he said not struggling but like they're persevering yeah you know sears will try to come out the other end yeah of this whole thing and just an ever-evolving company yeah because they've gone through you know over a hundred years and they've done so much they've expanded they did credit cards for a little bit that actually for a point covered 60 percent of their national product uh profits and they sold that part off they tried to expand by buying more companies like land end but they sold that off recently as well Mm -hmm. it's they're trying they really are but in this day of like amazon and online shopping it's Sears was one of those stores that never really grasped that, which is funny because the catalog, in a sense, was the early mail-in orders were the early, like, online shop. Yeah. But I don't think Sears will completely die. I think there will always be a Sears somewhere in the world. I always find Sears is the best for, like, home appliances and tools and stuff. It's it's still, like, kind of a go-to. They used to have the Sears Automotive that closed down near us. At that, you know, every car battery you could get from there. You know, that was the spot that shut down, unfortunately. Now I go there for, for like, tools. That's, like, the only thing. Yeah, I mean. But it's still there. If you're not going to the hardware store, Sears sells. I think every vacuum cleaner we've ever bought was from a Sears. Yeah, and and, um, they sell home appliances, like uh, microwaves, refrigerators. Yeah, I feel like that's what their staple is right now. Yeah. Maybe they should situate themselves more in the home i don't know would they would they find like kind of a niche within the market they had their niche and now i think it's they have to redefine themselves does it have to be more specific now because everybody expects certain things from certain companies i know convenience is like amazon has literally everything but when you go to the apple store you're gonna buy an iphone product or like an ipad does sears need to offer like a staple product that is that gets them on the map how's that gonna work you think i'm not sure but how how are you gonna bring it back thomas i i am no businessman but i do i would truly miss i mean i don't know how much sears nostalgia i have in my day to day but probably been there the more i learn about it and the more i learn about the amazing things that sears did with their whole catalog and everything i i really appreciate what they've done for america and what i read in read earlier it's america was sears taught americans how to shop back in the day the and that in a sense will make sears a landmark in america till the end of time i say but so what what if sears doesn't come back i'm sure target and all those other stores will still thrive and i'll find somewhere else to buy my socks yeah but that's why i have on sears matt reminds me of uh radio shack radio shack went out that broke my heart that that just shows where modern society's values are they don't do any hands-on building anymore they don't do your your own electrical work which is honestly safety reasons yes but also kind of like hands-on technical skills are are kind of disappearing kind of reflects on that right it is it is a big reflection on it and it is a shame but i mean over the next couple years i wouldn't be surprised if we see another giant fall yeah yeah everything's online for a fraction of the cost and today thomas i want to actually talk about that it's perfect that you brought up sears and the catalog shopping because 
what is shopping without shipping? We're talking about shipping, but specifically fast shipping. Fast shipping. How fast can you get a package these days, Thomas? Two day Amazon Prime. How how much faster can you get it than two days? Rumor has it you can now get in some cities, aren't there like a couple hour deliveries? Exactly. If you order within a certain time and you're in a certain region, you can get it with within an eight hour time frame. That's how crazy it is. And I want to explain how that's possible. You know, Amazon is breaching into areas of free one day shipping now on eligible orders. What does that mean, eligible orders? And what are the catches? And and where where are they getting money from? Where are we spending money? Is it going to be astronomical to keep this up? Seems like everybody has Amazon Prime or is making fake Prime accounts, you know, trial accounts, you know. How, how many trials have you done? Well, my family pays for Prime. So I don't have to worry about anything. I just order on the family account and it comes. My whole the whole entire family uses it. And when we all use it, it's worth the, what is it, 100? They just changed it 2018. It's $110. It's $110 now? I think that's what it is, which been, isn't a lot. I've been using the student up. price. The student price is 50, 50 a year. Really? Yeah. Wow. And um, every once in a while, I use Amazon uh, Prime Video. Like, I use Prime Video also. What's wild about, sorry to go off topic, but quick side note on Prime. If you have Prime, you have you have a lot of things that you can use that they don't really advertise. Everybody seems to do Prime. It's like, oh, I want that two-day shipping. But Prime gives you music, video, uh, some other stuff as well. Yeah, um, storage, cloud storage space. That's, yeah. a, that's a big – no one knows that. We used to use the Amazon Yeah, we, yeah, we used the, the, um, We used Amazon Prime to host this podcast. My cousin actually works for Amazon Web Services, which deals with all that. Amazon owns a ton of companies. They're a powerhouse. I don't want to specifically talk about Amazon today. But we want to talk about how fast I can get my uh, – We're going to talk how fast you can get things. And it is a master network of logistics, and we're going to break it down into kind of three main groups. So – you can get a package shipped from Miami, Florida on a Monday night to Anchorage, Alaska by 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday. Literally in one night, it will go across our entire country. Miami, Florida to Anchorage, Alaska. In eight hours? You can ship a package, for example, from Edinburgh, Scotland on a Tuesday and have the package arrive in Anchorage, Alaska by 9 a.m. on Wednesday. That is like the max efficiency you can get 24 hours to anchorage and anchorage is not an easy place to get to no and i'm going to explain how they get to these more remote areas it's all about this network of logistics shipping packaging so we're talking three main companies what do you think the main three shipping companies are you see them trucks on the street dhl fedex and brown ups yes all three of those are the powerhouse so fedex actually has more planes than emirates etihad and qatar airways combined dhl delivers to every country in the world including north korea and the ups flies to more than double as many destinations as the largest passenger airline each uh has a global network that allows for lightning fast shipping shipping at all these low prices that we know like free two-day shipping that's pretty crazy that we're paying for a flight to go across the world for just an annual fee of whatever you're paying for prime you know and you know it's wild each one each company kind of like advertises different things. Like DHL is all about like the locations you can get to. Yeah. Like when you hear rural, like North Korea and the weird like rural places, that's DHL. Yeah, exactly. They they advertise their specific kind of niche. That's what they do. DHL, remote locations, UPS, tons of flights, you know, same with FedEx. 
you know, they all do their own specific things and that's why they're all relevant. And you know, there's other companies getting involved like rental trucks. Amazon is renting out, well, I'll get into something else in a minute. Amazon is renting out truck companies, trucks from those companies for drivers to get packages even faster because everybody's online shopping. Who's going to Sears anymore, Thomas? No one's going to Sears, they're all on their computers. Now you can be a semi Uber driver for Amazon, you know? Kind of deliver I want from to your do car. that this summer, actually. Me too. Well, not this summer, but the previous summer. Yeah, I think that would be a more efficient job than driving people, perhaps, because it's packages and you can select multiple packages going to a specific area, you know. But there's a lot of problems with that. But that that's kind of its own topic. I want to get more into the facts of of how these companies operate now. So FedEx's hub airports are spread spread across the world. They're everywhere. Literally, airports are found. You know almost like every other state in our country, every country around the world has airfields specific for shipping. That's just the way it works. Specifically in Asia, there are plenty because a lot of our goods are coming from that side of the world. Right, a lot of, not passenger, but very commercial air. Yes, exactly, specific commercial. Um, FedEx, they have hubs in Singapore, um, Gangzhou, Shanghai, Seoul, Osaka, Anchorage, Oakland, Dallas, Indianapolis, Greensboro, Miami, Newark, Toronto, Paris, Cologne, Milan, Dubai. And the most important I'm going to get into is actually in Memphis, Tennessee. That's the super hub. The super hub. FedEx's super hub. Now, the super hub is located in Memphis, Tennessee. Why do you think it's located there? For us Americans. It's the most central part? It's America, not actually of? the most central part. Well, that's like, I don't know, Arkansas. But but it's it's the, the mean, what's it called? It has the ge- it's the geographic center for for hu- humans living in our country. Okay. It's it well, it's not exactly there, but it's just off a couple miles. Not a couple miles, you know. It's the most hundred. efficient place. It's to the have most a efficient place to have it. Ships can fly there. Now that doesn't always mean it's the perfect efficiency where you have to fly there and then go out from Memphis because sometimes that's backtracking. That's ridiculous. You know, you'll go from other places. So they have it all worked out, and that is a result of modern technology that lets us do that. With these modern algorithms and, and automation and robotic sorting, you know your package has a million different barcodes on it. Yeah. On and all sides, too. And what's wild about packages is like we're – in the way we talk about it, we seem to talk about an individual package, like an individual my box that I shipped to you Yes, is hypothetically doing all these things. But also it's a million packages. So they're sorting them based on certain locations and then, all right, these guys are heading to northeastern Pennsylvania, so these all go grouped together. Like, I can only imagine the logistics behind, like, what delegates, all right, this package will go on this truck, but this truck doesn't go to this range, so this package will go on this truck. That's a, that's exactly how the computer's thinking in its head right now. Product 1259786 is going to this location, and product 1259 is also going to that location, but needs to go here first or something and pick up an extra thing there. That The computer is constantly rearranging. And without modern technology, we couldn't do that. So as we progress in technology, it's just getting easier and easier and more efficient. So upon arriving, um, the planes are unloaded and their packages are put into the hub's automated sorting system. Within only 15 minutes, each package arrives at a staging area for its next flight, where it's loaded onto the next plane. Within 15 minutes from getting off another flight. And packages are interesting, too, because not necessarily, they're not all the same size, right? No, they're all different sizes. And that's where there are humans involved in moving everything, but they just 
sort them together, humans will literally manually put them on these pallets and then wrap it with saran wrap type looking stuff. And that's like its own pallet and they can shove a ton of those on a plane, just an empty cargo plane. But actually stacking is a human process. Unloading, they cut it open, throw them onto a conveyor belt. That's when the, the automated sorting happens. Now you have these conveyor belts and if you, if you see video, I have a really good video we should link. Um, there's conveyor belts that all the packages are evenly spaced and automated pneumatic arms go and they open up, goes into a bin, sorts, goes into another bin, sorts, goes into another bin. It's a pretty crazy process. So that's, that's all automated. You know, back in the day, humans used to have to scan the labels, see, okay, it's going over here. It's going in this bin. I'm going to roll the bin. Now they have those little slow bots. You know, you see them on those little tape lines yeah. driving around. That's what they use. And it's just going to get faster and faster. So like I said, that only takes 15 minutes to go from plane to plane. And that's all in the span of one night. So these pilots are flying 24 hours. They're up all night, you know, making it happen. While you sleep in your bed, dreaming of sheep, these planes are flying above your head with your, I don't know, what was the last thing you ordered on Amazon? The last thing I ordered was, I think it was a book. <laughs> ordered a book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that got there overnight, you know? Even yeah, if it, it was didn't pop quick. up at your door... They flew it overnight, and it's sitting in one of the hubs locally to your city. Now, I want to explain. You asked the question, how do we get to like Anchorage, Alaska? Well, Alaska has enough people where they would fly a bigger flight to it, but it basically goes large jets, propeller jet, not jets, prop planes or turboprops, and then smaller trucks, and then, you know, maybe cars or people walking, your local delivery man, yeah. you know? You can picture kind of the, the chain of how it goes. So these, most most importantly, say um, you want to get to Maine. Maine actually um, has a jumper flight from Connecticut. So it's like... You, you fly stop, to Connecticut with stop. the big jet, unload onto a prop plane, and smaller prop planes will fly to Maine and then unload, and then the trucks from there. It's a pretty crazy process, right? It's all about speed. It's all about speed, and that's what they promise you. That's kind of their their shtick. And you know, sometimes though, shipping is, that's if shipping is super speedy. Like these companies, they have clients, they have consumers, they need those sh things to get there fast. USPS takes their time, that's for sure. The US Postal Service, <laughs> if you send a package through the US Postal Service, it'll get there yeah eventually. it's definitely an older service i can't tell you which which is older out of ups fedex dhl i'm assuming ups is the oldest that's something to look into but that they're all well it's no doubt they have huge contracts with these big oh companies, absolutely like the department stores that you were talking about amazon has huge amazon contracts. ships through uh ups i believe well, you can get it through FedEx also, I believe. But I think UPS is, is the main because that's how I get all my Amazon packages. Yeah, which is interesting. If it's an Amazon Prime delivery through Prime, that's when the person will hand deliver it to you. Yes. But if it's something that's through Amazon but not necessarily Prime, that's when it's USPS. Yeah, and just dropped off, kicked on the side of the road. Yeah. Not that the quality is lost, but maybe the quality is lost. Shipping is crazy. My dad always told me when I was younger – wrap something valuable in a box as carefully as you can because the bigger the box the more it rattles the more they kick it and it's true those package guys have you seen them load a truck up literally the drivers I, I saw a guy came into my work a month ago no it was multiple months ago literally the the truck has shelves to sort everything 
the packages were just thrown on there and we were trying to find the package and we couldn't find it for like a half hour. I was digging through the back of this UPS truck trying <laughs> to find my barcode with my pine Christmas tree in it, you know, this this crazy ornament thing. And I couldn't find it. And it's not organized in the back. So there's definitely some flaws in the organization. Maybe it's I'm just sure UPS. I don't in know. the perfect UPS world that they show out to the real world, I'm sure it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in the everyday scenarios of ah, deliver the packages eventually. Just get it there. Take my time. Yeah. Stop by Wawa. Get a snack. Yeah, get a snack. Like, get your big gulp jug of soda. Yeah, maybe it's not as efficient. Though UPS guys, they're always nice. At least the ones who deliver in my neighborhood. Yeah, we know ours by name. Um, it's it's crazy that that it's so easy to get something so quick. But what are the, what are the costs of this? So looking into it, I'm not sure if this fact is completely accurate. But with Amazon fr- Prime free shipping, Amazon is losing a lot of money. But that's okay because they're going to make it up in other places because of more orders. When when they see Prime, people are 88 percent more likely to buy something when it says prime on it as Oppo- opposed to true. free sh- free shipping or opposed to not free shipping with free returns oh which is still a pretty good deal yeah but people want to see the blue prime i know i do like i, I normally disregard by prime because i mean it's in life i'm not really in a rush but i like to get it in two days ideally that might be do hurting you, our society. I don't know. Do you know sh- shipping to an Amazon locker, though, is not free? I do that quite a bit in the it city. Adds, it adds shipping to the cost. Does it really? Because I think it's the using the space of the locker, it's a rent thing. I thought it was free. It was free pickup at Amazon locker. I don't think I've paid for it. I don't know. I've had The shipping has gone up sometimes when I've done it. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's convenient when you can't get to your like landlord or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's, that's why I do it. If I'm if I'm doing something and like I really need it on time, I'll do a locker because I know when it will show up and I know where to get it. And I can get it immediately than waiting for it to go, not directly to me, but to do to someone and then to me. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't have that time sometimes, mm-hmm. but I think. It's truly an amazing system. And looking ahead, we're looking at, obviously, drones were in question, which I think would work. My my uncle made a point that um, long-range drones, no go. Short-range drones, for sure. I don't want to get into the specifics of his business plan. Like a hub? Yeah, like a hub. And exactly, we're already talking about that. Remember, we were talking about pneumatic tubes? Yeah. You did the wonderful episode. Cities have that to move mail around. They've had it historically. Why can't we have that for packages? A hyperloop for packages, you know? Local to the end of your street. You walk to the end of the street, pick up your tube, get a little exercise. Nothing wrong with that. Ideally, people want it right to their door. Right to their front door. Yeah, but, but hey, nothing we, wrong with We walking. can't complain too much. No, don't complain. So average prime shipping cost is about 4 to $7 per package. Sometimes more. It depends. That's the average, though. Um, every, major, every major city has an Amazon warehouse. Um and Amazon Prime has only been around since, let's see what it was, 2005. Oh. It hasn't been around for that, that long, you know? But the internet also hasn't been around for that, that long. No. No. Um, I think it's important to realize with Amazon Prime, though, is due to the fact that Amazon Prime, similar to Sears, they have their warehouses. Ordering something through Amazon Prime 
and you order multiple items, they will package it all in one box, which if the items were done individually, that kind of, that I imagine saves them money. Then if you were to do an Amazon fulfillment service, like then it might be a box, a box, a box. That's all separate shipping. But the fact that if I order three things off prime, it will show up in one prime box. And I think that factors into it, maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit, especially with weight, with with shipping. We're use keep in mind, to ship these packages, we're using the most expensive means of transportation, flying, yeah. jets. And the less weight, obviously, the better you are. The less space, the better you are. That's how it works. So there's more efficiency there. And it is impressive that we can sort things into one shipment. It's all with the barcode on your box. Next time you get an Amazon box, look at all the barcodes. There are so many different codes that are scanned automatically on conveyor belts. Just think where your package has been. Could have been in Shanghai yesterday morning, you know? Well, it's better than trying to ship a package over the sea in a nice container ship. Yeah. So yeah, that, that could take a while. It could. <laughs> so I think this is a pretty good deal. Yeah, pretty good deal. That's what we're all about. Sears Catalog, get yourself a deal. Amazon Prime, get yourself a deal. Uh, imagine if it could have been a day that I could have opened up my Sears Catalog, ordered an item, and then have it shipped to me by a drone from Amazon. For us uh, guitar players, back in the day, they used to sell really nice guitars and amplifiers in the Sears catalog. Silvertone, I believe, was the brand. They're they're highly sought after now. You could just order it in a catalog. I want a guitar. Order it in the catalog. It's a good guitar. I got a brand new guitar. They're worth something now. Yeah, I Pretty mean, cool, right? Catalog, houses. catalog, and online. It's they're almost the same, in a sense. Yeah, just digital first. Not digital. It's like yeah, but. I think I think I'm going to walk away with a little bit more appreciation to Amazon Prime and the fact it's a huge network of logistics. Definitely. And your local UPS, DHL and FedEx drivers. Very important. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this episode. Yeah, hope you learned something about uh ordering, shipping, your favorite department store. Yeah, that is dying. <laughs> it's a little sad, but We'll see what happens. We will. That's something to keep your eye on. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you guys next time for another Two Topics. See you. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosevere. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another two topics.